on Lore of the Rings, we step into the Shire, that idyllic land of rolling hills and cozy hobbit holes, where gossip flows as freely as ale in the local pub. Our focus is on the opening chapter of The Fellowship of the Ring, titled A Long Expected Party. Join me, Aaron, as we navigate the winding paths of Hobbit society, unravel the bonds of family and friendship, and delve into the nuanced layers of Tolkien's storytelling. From unexpected reunions to the echoes of legendary pasts, this chapter sets the stage for the epic tale that awaits. If you are a new wanderer in Middle-earth, then welcome! If you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button so that you never miss out on new episodes. I'm glad you have joined us. Now, let's wander. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's begin with a short summary of what we're wandering today. We open on the chapter A Long Expected Party, where Bilbo, Frodo, their family histories, and an upcoming birthday party are the gossip of the Shire. Sam's father, Ham Gamgee, a.k.a. the Gaffer, is in high demand, as he's tended the gardens at Bag End for 40 years. After the gossip in the pub, we are introduced to various characters involved with the party, including the grand wandering wizard Gandalf. Gandalf and Bilbo have an elusive sort of conversation, and finally, the weeks of preparation for the party are fulfilled, and the morning of the party actually dawns. In my edition of The Fellowship, this is covering pages 21 through 26. Now let's explore a few comparisons between this opening chapter and the opening chapter of The Hobbit. The most obvious connection is the titles. The first chapter of The Hobbit is called An Unexpected Party. This party is unexpected. One, because Bilbo did not anticipate having the 13 dwarves over as guests, but also Bilbo became the 14th man of the party to reclaim the mountain of Erebor. However, in Fellowship, we see the inverse. Bilbo has been planning this party for some time. He and Gandalf even talk mysteriously about more plans that Bilbo has made that are connected with the party. Folks from outside and inside the Shire are all involved in making this party grand. The dwarves are not spilling onto the doormat as they did 60 years ago. Now they are creating new doorways as an opening is cut into the bank and a new white gate installed. 
This party is so well anticipated that in fact the young hobbits feel, quote, that the day of the party would never come. While the opening scene of The Hobbit is an explanation of what hobbits are and shares many of the details of Bilbo's hobbit hole, the opening scene of The Fellowship goes beyond the description of one hobbit and his home. Instead, we get a grand look of the hobbits as a wide society and of the Shire as a much larger realm. This is our first indication that the story of the Lord of the Rings is going to be broader than The Hobbit. Instead of one hobbit unexpectedly whisked away, we are about to dive deep into the realms of elves, dwarves, and men, the machinations of the Dark Lord, and the alliances of all good peoples in Middle-earth. In other words, this story will deal with the real business of Gandalf. Quote, His real business was far more difficult and dangerous, but the Shire folk knew nothing about it. Even in The Hobbit, we don't see much of Gandalf's main business, his fight with the necromancer was essentially off-screen, so to speak. But in Fellowship and Lord of the Rings, we will see Gandalf's true power manifest in many ways. Let's compare descriptions of Gandalf from the opening chapters of The Hobbit and The Fellowship. In The Hobbit, Gandalf is described as, quote, an old man with a staff. He had a tall, pointed blue hat, a long, gray cloak, a silver scarf over which his long white beard hung down below his waist, and immense black boots. And later, my personal favorite descriptor for Gandalf, quote, long bushy eyebrows that stuck out further than the brim of his shady hat. I can only interpret that description as a slight exaggeration. In Fellowship, Gandalf is driving a cart, quote, he wore a tall pointed blue hat, long gray cloak, and a silver scarf. He had a long white beard and, here it is again, bushy eyebrows that stuck out beyond the brim of his hat. I don't know why it is that Tolkien was so insistent that Gandalf's eyebrows were so bushy that they stuck out beyond the brim of his hat, and I can't really imagine Ian e. McKellen with eyebrows so big that they would essentially cover his face. Anyway, Gandalf is again associated with fireworks. Fireworks are the one thing that Bilbo remembered about Gandalf on their meeting in that summer 60 years ago, and fireworks are the one thing that Gandalf is known for in the Shire. However, it's been so long that hardly anyone in the Shire has a living memory of fireworks, and so, quote, they now belonged to the legendary past. You and I will explore this idea of the legendary past in just a moment, but before we do, if you are enjoying this show, I would appreciate it if you took a moment to share this episode with a friend. Think back to the last time you watched The Fellowship of the Ring. Who watched it with you? Tap that share button and send this episode to them right now. This chapter drops little hints about what the hobbits think of as legends and old tales. The narrator references the old Took several times, about his age, his accomplishments, and his era. Clearly, the old Took is legendary past for hobbits. But perhaps a more recent legend is Bilbo himself, quote, ever since his remarkable disappearance and unexpected return. When Bilbo returned from his adventure, he found an auction outside his house and learned that he had been declared dead. And who was there that day when Bilbo returned? Why, the gaffer himself, Sam's dad, who at that time was apprentice to the then gardener for Bag End, and was trying to prevent, quote, folks from trampling and trapezing all over the garden while the sale was on. For the hobbits, though, any ancient history outside of Bilbo or the old Took is considered dangerous. For example, notice how the gaffer treats Sam's interests in tales from the old days, and how quick he is to reassure his fellow hobbits. Quote, Crazy about stories of the old days he is, and he listens to all Mr. Bilbo's tales. Mr. Bilbo has learned him his letters, 
meaning no harm, mark you, and I hope no harm will come of it. Apparently, being literate, knowing how to read and write, and its direct connection with the bigger world's history can lead to harm for a hobbit. The gaffer's advice to Sam is to focus on the small things, the small life of hobbits. Quote, Elves and dragons? Cabbage and potatoes are better for me and you. You'll land in trouble too big for you. Tolkien masterfully weaves the fabric of hobbit society, portraying their reluctance to embrace the echoes of ancient tales and legends. The old Took and Bilbo Baggins stand as living legends in the Shire, their stories whispered among the hobbits like age-old myths. Yet there's an inherent fear of delving too deep into the past, a cautionary note sounded by the gaffer to Samwise. The gaffer's counsel reflects the prevailing sentiment that, in the world of hobbits, familiarity and simplicity are virtues to be cherished, while the allure of broader histories might lead to unforeseen troubles. I have a few more golden nuggets, or jewels, shall we say, regarding hobbits and the Shire Society to share with you. We'll get to that right after this break. We're not done yet. If you like this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends. And remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be right back. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Let's dive into some unique aspects of Shire society that may not seem apparent on the surface. The Shire, while idyllic, is not immune to the stratifications that can come in society. Samwise Gamgee, despite his loyalty and integral role in the quest, is distinctly from a different social stratum than Frodo, Merry, and Pippin. We see this in the gaffer's advice to his son, quote, Don't go getting mixed up in the business of your betters. Even the gaffer mentions being an apprentice in a workman's profession, while Frodo is the heir of a house. Sam, the gardener's son, embodies a working-class background, and his speech, manners, and perspectives often reflect this. In contrast, Frodo, Merry, and Pippin hail from affluent families, with Frodo being the heir to Bag End and Sam being his employee, or more accurately said, his servant. Tolkien's portrayal of these class differences adds depth to the narrative, offering a subtle commentary on social structures. The bonds forged on the quest underscore the universality of friendship and loyalty, transcending class distinctions. These nuances are minimized in the film adaptations, but there are hints of them especially through Sam's interactions and his initial deference to Frodo, and always calling him Mr. Frodo. This divergence in backgrounds among the hobbits serves not only as a reflection of the societal context Tolkien was familiar with, but also as a testament to the transformative power of shared experiences, where friendship becomes the great equalizer, eroding the barriers of class in the face of adversity. Also, the hobbits take a lot of pride in their neighborhoods, often calling hobbits from other parts of the Shire queer. Tolkien even used that word to describe Bilbo in the final pages of The Hobbit. Quote, he was in fact held by all the hobbits of the neighborhood to be queer, except by his nephews and nieces on the Took side, of which Frodo would later be one of these, in a way. More on that in a moment. 
Tolkien's use of the word queer in The Lord of the Rings reflects the linguistic sensibilities of his time and his background as a philologist. In the mid-20th century, the term had a different connotation than it does today. Queer was used more broadly to describe things that were strange, peculiar, or out of the ordinary. Tolkien's linguistic evidence allowed him to draw on archaic or less common meanings of words to infuse his writing with a sense of timelessness and otherworldliness. By using queer in its older sense, Tolkien adds a layer of richness to the language of Middle-earth, aligning it with the linguistic traditions he so deeply admired. Before we go, I have one more little surprise for you. While Bilbo and Frodo are often considered uncle and nephew, and no doubt they certainly consider themselves that way, and likely this relationship is a callback to that line in The Hobbit that I read a moment ago. But they are actually not uncle and nephew. They are cousins. I won't pretend to be an expert on family relationships, and I'm certainly no hobbit when it comes to this, but the gaffer shares who Frodo's parents were and how they are related to Bilbo. And it turns out that, quote, Mr. Frodo is his first and second cousin, once removed either way, as the saying is. Now, with that being a complicated relationship, and given the age difference between them, I can see why it would be easier and faster to simply say uncle and nephew. As we bid farewell to the Shire and the joyous anticipation of a long-expected party, we find ourselves on the brink of a grand adventure that transcends the boundaries of hobbit holes. Tolkien, with his masterful pen, guides us through layers of society, weaving class distinctions, familial ties, and the allure of the unknown into the fabric of Middle-earth. From the peculiarities of Gandalf's fiery displays to the cautious whispers of ancient tales, we've journeyed through the pages with a fellowship of characters who will shape the destiny of this extraordinary realm. Join me next time, where we will explore the actual long-expected party and the second disappearance of Bilbo the Hobbit. Until then, may your paths be clear, your friendships unwavering, and your tales as legendary as those whispered in the Shire. Thank you for wandering Middle-earth with me today. My friends, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Lore of the Rings Podcast. For feedback on the show, please email me using the link in the show notes. Until next Thursday, remember, not all those who wander are lost. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Raise your hand if this has happened to you today. You're in the middle of work, you're knocking things off the to-do list, getting stuff done, and your kid asks you to play. Do you drop everything? Do you ask them to wait a minute? What do you do? If you're like me, you don't always say yes right away. The kid moves on, you get busy, and you forget to circle back around and play. An opportunity to make a memory has been lost, and the dad guilt settles in. Not so anymore. I've developed a simple game that will enable you to take those small moments and have fun. It's called Dad's Adventure Dice Digital Edition. My five-year-old daughter asks me nearly every day, can we do Dad Adventure Dice? 
What follows are some quick rolls of the dice that lead to a fun activity with an intriguing twist. Within 5 or 10 minutes, we've had a lot of fun, shared a lot of laughter, and made a memory together. Download your own Dad's Adventure Dice today. Visit store.adventures.dad to download yours. That's store.adventure.dad to download Dad's Adventure Dice.